Hello everyone, welcome to the Ellie Confidential Podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm joined here by my brother Aiden and my father Christopher. How Hello. are y'all doing? Hey, how's it going? Hey. I'm glad we, just, uh, we made it. Yeah, we just made the three it. of us today, nobody else? <laughs> no, nobody else. But we may in uh, the future have a surprise guest joining us. Not today. Surprise guest. Not today. Soon, but Pretty soon. soon. He's out of this world. Uh, yeah, he definitely is out yeah. of this world. Okay, we're in Auckland, New Zealand. And this week, we had some pretty spectacular experiences. I would say that winter is on its way. It got very rainy, but we didn't let that stop us. And we went and had a very authentic Native experience. Plus, we went to the Sky Tower. Sky Tower was incredible. Nice view of the city. Lots of nice people at the top. And honestly, it's just a really cool experience altogether. And best of all... You go downtown to see the needle, that's not going to be the only needle you see. It's not the call needle, it's called the Sky Tower. It's not, it's not the only needle you're going to see that uh, day. Okay, all right. I think we said that last hey, week. Hey, yes. you know, there was some people on the street that decided to throw a can at us. Um, they missed. They missed yeah. by a long shot because well, they were high. Um, and, oh, well. You know, they, and they that's were, really, they, you know, the only place that you really see people who are, you know, on the streets is right around that area. Yeah, it's really funny. It just also happens to be where all the tourists go. I have it's, no idea It's why. like Portland, Auckland. Yeah. <laughs> Portland. They, basically, oh the, the, the whole city is really nice. You go into the suburbs. You go into the down downtown of the city. You go to the harbor. All, that's like 90% of the city right there. Well, most of it is the suburbs, of course. But you'll see no homeless people. It'll be really nice and clean. With the very sparse um, occasion of like maybe a, 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 you know a couple of um, uh, people here and there, but then you go to the needle, and it's not everywhere. called the needle. It's a sky tower. The sky tower. The sky, tower. sky tower. All around there. All around there. They like congregate. It's like where they do their their secret meetings. No, they they, it's a construction too. site too because they're building the new train there. But you know we should talk about the sky tower because. It is the iconic, the building that everyone recognizes when they see uh, Auckland. It's got, you know, you see the buildings and then you see the Sky Tower. And you can go to the top of that thing. It is one of the tallest buildings in the world. And you can get a really great view. Mm. We will post pictures. And the reason <laughs> that we didn't get a great view is because it was raining when we went to the top uh, of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you can also bungee jump from there. True. Which is insane. I don't think I would do that. I would no, do that. I would never bungee jump from that yeah. building. But it's taller than, you know, the Eiffel Tower. And it's probably definitely, actually, it's definitely safer than bungee top jumping off the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. This is funny. I, just, I would never do I that. I thought it was way taller. When you look at it from the skyline, it looks super tall. Maybe it's just because the buildings around it are really short. But it is just a couple, uh, it's like 200 feet taller than the Eiffel Tower, which in the grand scheme of things, it's not that much, actually. Yeah, it's about the same size as the Fernsehturm in Berlin. Yeah. Fernsehturm. Yeah. So that was very um, surprising to me. Yes. I thought the Eiffel Tower was way shorter, but, you know, maybe it's just because of the old architecture style. Uh, it's definitely worth going to. I mean, you, you have to visit the wharf if you go to Auckland, and then you have to go see the Sky Tower to get a really nice view. But my recommendation is, if you go, is to go on a day with really nice weather. Yes. Don't go when it's raining. We went when it was raining. It was not that great. No. Yeah, but we were able to see some interesting things while oh, yeah. we were waiting for our pizza because we got pizza again because that day. Because that's where hell pizza is. Yeah, yes. It's, yes. it's right where hell pizza is. There's a lot of different stuff that's nearby, even though it's not a great part of town. We got to see, so right next to the All Blacks experience, which we talked about last week, 
um, we were the able week to. Last, actually. Yeah, we were able to visit. There's this other experience called the Way to Workshop experience. Yeah, we actually didn't go in there. I think we're going to go in there next yeah. week. But this is where these guys are the ones that did Lord of the Rings, all of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbits, Hobbit Hobbit movies, all five of them. Yeah. Or however many they did. So you can actually go into like their shop and you can buy a bunch of Lord of the Rings stuff. Yes. But they also have life size Lord of the Rings characters. I didn't believe it because I thought it was just going to be, oh, it's some goofy kids thing. But it actually has yeah. like life-size Lord of the Ring characters just there. If and you're a hardcore fan, this is the place to go. Yeah. We'll probably have more on that next week. Yeah. We went on an indigenous tour and it was great. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But one of the things that our, our guide, Dane, said was he, we, he, took, he took us on a, a tour of his old neighborhood was that he, right on the end of the street, his neighbor was the, the chief orc in Lord of the Rings. He was the, the main orc. And he was also a James Bond villain. He, yes. Yes. He was, right. And, I, and, and there he was in his workshop just working away. And it's just the craziest thing, you know. You, you go to New Zealand and you meet orcs. Mm. <laughs> I think I've met more actors. Or sorry, sorry. I think... Extras, I'll, let, yes. let me see this. I'll, I'll rephrase that. I think I've gotten close to more actors and extras in New Zealand than in Los Angeles because in Los Angeles, the real, the, the big, big stars, they're uh, very uh, secluded. Okay, so we also had this tour this, uh, that basically showed us a lot of the Maori sites. Auckland is, is home to a Maori tribe, and one of, Mount Eden is actually a volcano, dormant volcano, where they lived. And we got a chance to walk there and hear from Dane about the indigenous perspective of how mm -hmm. it was, how the city was founded and how they interacted with the Europeans when they came and what's happened with them now. Aiden, what were your impressions? Of, oh, I, I found it uh, very interesting, Dane? the history of it, because I always thought that it was similar to Australia where they were there for thousands and thousands of years. But actually, the natives uh, to New Zealand are Tahitian, and they came fairly uh, recently, you know, relatively speaking. Yeah, right. Um, and so he was telling us about, you know, okay, so his great, 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 his ancestors were from T Tahiti, I think. It's, it's one of the islands in French Polynesia. That's Tahita. Tahita. Tahiti, sorry. Tahiti. Tahiti. Okay. You're calling him Tahita. Why did I say Tahita? You're thinking of Tahita Peters. No, I was thinking of food, Eric. Oh, man. I want to go back to Cyprus. Apparently, originally, they all came from Taiwan. That was like the origin That was before Tahiti. Like way, way back. So this has to do with more genetics. So technically, they all came from Formosa, which is Taiwan. And that's where all of the... Uh, Polynesian languages also are derived from. The highest uh, variety of Polynesian languages is in Formosa, even though it is, you know, mostly Chinese now. All of the indigenous people to Taiwan uh, speak a language that is similar to the languages spoken in Tahiti, uh, Hawaii, Fiji, Solomon Islands, Cook Islands, French Polynesia, and of course, New Zealand. What would we do Tahiti, without you, Aaron? Tahiti is part of French Polynesia. That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. Okay, so they all came and, here yes. in like, you know, a couple of thousand, not a couple of thousand years ago. They came like in... Hundreds the, of years ago, actually. A ninth and tenth century, I want to say. Yeah, I believe it's 1300s. That yeah, was the yeah. day. So, that, so relatively speaking, that's actually yeah. not too long ago. Okay, all right. But they were here first. Yes, yes. Yeah. And then, uh, and then so the he, was telling us, uh, he was telling us about um, 
how the, the relations between the tribes were, where um, they would uh, reconquer over each other uh, and they would do hand-to-hand -hand combat to, uh, to uh, I guess, take to over. Settle their differences. To settle yes. their differences, <laughs> mostly over land. And right. so the volcano that we took a tour of uh, here in Auckland actually right. was the most sought-after land. So it was very consistently being retaken over, and that was all through fighting with hand-to-hand -hand combat. So the, the, the men would fight each other, starting at the bottom of the mountain, up to the top, and then eventually they would just take over the, the, yeah. the hill. It's like kill, it's kind and of like king of the, the hill. that was the interesting anecdote is that if you misbehaved, the, the higher ranking people would live closer to the top of the mountain, yeah. and if you misbehaved, you would get sent down to the bottom. And die. And you would basically die because in the next attack, you would be the first person they would yeah. get. And another interesting thing that I, uh, that I was, um, another uh, interesting part about this was he was telling us about uh, the relationships between the tribes after the British came and how guns affected that. So the British came over and uh, they first let them govern themselves. And then eventually after a while, they took over and then were, became, uh, they, uh, they governed the islands. But uh, in that in-between time, when they were still governed by uh, the Maori tribes, but the British were there, the British actually sold guns to some of the tribes. And yeah. they used guns to take over the volcano in Auckland. Uh, that was the tribe of uh, our tour guide. Dane is actually an eighth-generation direct descendant of Chief Apihai Te Kawa'u. I know I said that wrong, and I probably shouldn't have even tried, but he had stories that he told us that no one else knows, which was, I thought, really yeah. amazing. And so we, we learned about how his tribe got to be in control of the dormant volcano. And then, for a while, it was the town council of Auckland that was managing the volcano, and now it's his tribe again. Mm. Yeah. And he took us to his village, he showed us the huge dugout canoe that they use. Unfortunately, not seaworthy anymore, but pretty impressive. And then also the, uh, the large building where they do all of their ceremonies, which is really, you know, I mean, you just don't get to see that, right? I yeah. mean, it's something, and, and I, I think I personally, I felt very connected to the culture in a way that I, we would have never been able to do unless we had, um, met him and gone on a walking tour with him. Mm -hmm. And also through regaining a lot of uh, their old land, uh, his tribe actually has companies and subsidiaries attached to their tribe uh, that is worth $1.6 Yeah, the economics said. is really interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, they, they've made some investments and they've gone from being not very well off and depending on the government for handouts to being very well off now and now they work side by side with the government for most of uh yeah the it's projects. a much healthier relationship yeah. i thought that you know it's a little bit of a cliche to say no trip to this destination would be complete without but you really do need to see the indigenous perspective and i personally think this is one of our best um, indigenous tours we've done and we've done several you know we've we did a, a, an Aboriginal tour when we were in Australia. We've been to Luau. We've been to several Luau's in Hawaii. And we've, we've seen, I mean, when we were in South Africa, we went to Kailicha. So we've done a lot of these. And this was by far one of the top ones that yeah. we've done easily. We we'll also can't forget South Dakota. I would actually put that as second to this. 
uh, to South Dakota when we were there. South uh, Dakota was great too. Yeah, yeah Crazy was... Horse. And also, um, you'll just see um, native art and uh, uh, native like ambassadors, I guess, in so many different areas in, in South Dakota. But that's besides the point. Yeah, Crazy Horse is a, was in a wonderful experience. Yeah. And what they're doing there with that rock is pretty amazing too. And I can't wait to go back and see how much progress they've made too, because it's been years. It's probably been 12 or 13 years since the last time that we were there. We, we were there twice. Anyway, so uh, that brings us to this week's question, though, and that is, tell us about your last Native experience when you've, um, or Indigenous experience, when, when you've been uh, on the road, when you've traveled, and how did that affect how you felt about the destination? So sometimes you can go on these Indigenous tours and you, you feel like you understand the place better. Sometimes you go and you feel angry afterwards. I mean, I can see how with some of these tours that we've taken, that you would afterwards you'd feel really angry for what has happened to, to these people. And sometimes you just feel enlightened. You feel like you've, you've experienced a different part of the culture that you wouldn't have experienced if you hadn't done this. So I'd love to hear your story. That is our question of the week. I think that uh, tangential to this, I was thinking about this uh, tour of African-American history we did in Alexandria, oh, yeah. which was very interesting. And that was not, of course, you know, no one's native. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, there were natives to Alexandria in Virginia, yes. but, you know, that wasn't what the tour was about. But nonetheless, it showed a really interesting perspective on history, especially being that it was so close to the capital of the nation. Oh, yeah, I remember that tour. Yeah, that, that was a, was a that really was a memorable tour. Amazing tour yeah. that, that tour guide really gave us um, um, a much deeper insight than I think any other um, oh, yeah. tour. Because we've actually taken tours about African-American history in different cities uh, a couple of other times. Um, but it was definitely... Um, that was a great one. I felt like yeah. I was there. I felt like, you know, we walked past buildings where they had sold slaves. I feel and, like others went easy, kind of. Yeah, and he this, just said, this guy "Yeah, was, this happened." Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and uh, yeah, and and there was, that's. I think that when you're taking one of these indigenous tours or native tours or whatever you want to call them, the key is to, you know, you want people to feel like they should be free to ask questions, and so you want to make them feel comfortable, and uh, and I think that our guide, Dane, made us feel very comfortable. And, and it's the same thing when we were doing the African-American history tour, is yes. that the guy that we were with, really, he, he, was, he said, ask me anything, I'm not going to be offended. And I thought that was really neat. Too. Yeah, I think that's a, an especially important thing to do with the topics like these. But honestly, yeah, very we've sensitive had, topics. Yeah, with, with sensitive topics. But honestly, we've been on tours that aren't even sensitive topics. And you're made to feel like you should Yeah, maybe you quiet. shouldn't be there, right? <laughs> like, um... Uh, sometimes it, it is really a benign tour. Like, I think one of them was we were taking a tour through a, an animal sanctuary. And uh, oh, where was that? I forget. Uh, I think it was actually in Florida because there were oh. a lot of alligators there. Okay. But um, in that tour, see, I, I can't remember very much about it. One thing I do remember about it, though, is that our tour guide presented themselves as I am the expert on everything you're about to hear, and any question you ask is going to be stupid because you don't know as much as me. That's the type of thing that you don't want people to feel on your tour. Yeah. But it is a problem with most tours we've gone on. 
Yeah, there, it's hard to get a good tour guide. You get, yeah. you can, on the one hand, you can get someone like the National Park tour types who like to crack jokes. Like everything's a joke, and it's not just a, a joke, but it's a really corny joke. And then, like that bark joke that they say so many times. Yes. And then on the other hand, you get people who know it all, and they don't want to even hear from you. You just shut up and wait until the end yeah. and ask questions. And then, uh, or not, because um, I've given you all the information that you need. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's... <laughs> you know, tours, they're really hard to do, right? And I think yeah. that um, in terms of the, especially this tour, I felt very much as though you were there in history. You were seeing uh, these very meaningful places and you were seeing exactly uh, where the history was taking place. It wasn't like, oh, well, we're, we're going to be in a bus the next eight hours. Hope you like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. In our last podcast, we asked you to tell us about a time when you visited two cities in the same country and had a radically different experience. And boy, did you have something to say about that. Bob says the two cities in the same country that I found the most different are Cape Town and Johannesburg, South Africa. He says Cape Town is colorful, full of things to do. Joburg is much more urban, but the city is bleak. And other than some historical landmarks, there's not really much to do. And we were in South Africa for two months. We did not make it up to Joburg, but the things that we heard about Joburg. Eh, well, I don't want to I go to Joburg. I actually think we, we originally wanted to go up to Joburg because. It, it seemed like the next place to go to. Like we wanted to do one month in Cape Town and then another month in Joburg. That was our original plan. And then plan. we heard. Then everyone said, that is the hood. Do not go there. Yeah, right. That, right. that is what everyone told us. Uh, Annie, Annie says that she doesn't think there's any good kombucha anywhere. We talked about kombucha. Did, have we had any good kombucha oh, here? Oh, my goodness. Wait, is she talking about how horrible kombucha is outside of the U.S.? Is that what you're talking uh, she, about? She says that there's no good kombucha anywhere. What? Okay, no, no, no. Okay. Uh, if she's, she's just a, a kombucha hater. If she's a, no, no, I no, no, don't no, deserve I anything. Her. I told her. Okay. Calm down, everybody. Calm yeah. down. Calm, I said, calm. Let's, 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 let's calm down for a second. I think she's probably just American. And sir, she's like, the American. Sir, calm down. Calm down, sir. Sir, calm, calm down. down. sir. I think she's probably American. And it's just like. She is. Only, yeah, good, good, good. So she's probably like, the only good kombuchas in America. And first of all, what's her name again? No, no, no. Her name is Annie. Okay. Annie, I completely agree with you. The only really, truly superb kombucha is from the U.S. But if you want to get, like, nearly as good, the only country that comes close is New Zealand. I, I told Annie in the comments that she needs to go to Alaska and try the Cherry Arctic Brewster. Oh, my goodness. That is, that is good. the best kombucha that I've, I've ever had. Tim says, countries with totally different cities, Poland, Warsaw, and Krakow, Czech, I can agree with that. Austria, Vienna, and Salzburg, yeah, totally. I mean, Salzburg is like the, is like the small town compared to Vienna. Italy, Venice, and Rome, <laughs> yeah, right. True, true all. I don't remember much Twitch, about I said Venice good and Rome, because last time we were there, I think I was like seven. Yeah, you were, you were a little kid, but I, uh, I've been to all these places, and I can tell you they are very different, too. And, uh, and Tim adds, what is the food item Aaron seems enthused about? What was the food item that you were enthused about, I'm Aaron, Aaron Iden? I'm confused. In the last podcast. The last podcast. What, yeah. what was food what we have what, what been food, enthused? Uh, oh, you were probably talking about tahina pitas again. No, I wasn't talking about tahina pitas. Yeah, you pitas. were. No, 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 no. Like, there was a, we must have been talking about the kumara bread. Oh, the kumara bread here is good. 
What is the place that they serve? Amano. Yeah, okay, yeah. Which, what is the Khmer bread? It's the sweet potato bread. Oh, the It's got that delightful crust. Okay, anyway. Don't say delightful. It's delightful. Don't say delightful. It's very good. You don't good. ever say delightful. Don't say that. That sounds weird coming from your mouth. <laughs> Sam, <laughs> Sam yeah. okay, Sam says, United Arab Emirates, Dubai is all glitz and razzle dazzle. It's like as if Liberace and Elton John became cities. And then down the road, you have Abu Dhabi on the Corniche, quieter, peaceful, refined oh, elegance. Abu Dhabi. If you want to have like a spa vacation, go there during the winter so it's not too hot. But it is actually really calm in Abu Dhabi. And you still get all the luxury that you get in Dubai, but it's just a lot calmer. Mm-hmm. The only part that's not calm is the world's fastest roller coaster, but you can just skip that. Yeah, but that's just the thing with Dubai is that Corniche, I totally agree. I remember, heck, I remember going to that Corniche, walking there at 7 p.m., and they're closing the Corniche, don't go near the water. Which yeah. is like, yeah, 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 no one's there. You can go out in the middle of the night, totally clean, Where is totally this? safe. Abu Dhabi, Abu the Dhabi? Corniche. Where, where, which Corniche? Corniche is like the area like right the by the beach. Sea waterfront, yeah. Waterfront. Yeah, yeah. There, oh, yeah. yeah I, like I don't think Qatar. I was allowed there because I was... Uh, yeah, you, know, you are our COVID baby. Yeah. No, no, I did take one walk with you Oh, guys, that's right. That was also in Abu Dhabi. That, there yeah, was that, that happened there. We yeah. were far away from anything in If you're going to get quarantined, that's the place to do it. Yeah. Maria says, Kia ora. She's been to New Zealand seven times in her life. Wow, wow that's wow. a record. Um, Auckland usually was just a drop-off for me to travel north or south. And it's a fast, younger generation city as I see it. I mostly preferred to take the ferry to Davenport and spend a day on the island. She says, Christchurch, on the flip side, is my all-time relaxed, laid-back city where I can sit on a bench in a park and enjoy people watching. The most exciting thing I've done in Christchurch is a tram ride. <laughs> you know what? I, I love Christchurch. Yeah. Christchurch is fun. Christchurch oh, nice. is a great little town. Yeah, I would go back. Yeah, and they have good food there, and it's peaceful and calm, and they've got, like, the best botanical gardens. Ever. I, and it's I like beautiful. walk. Yeah. My favorite thing was walking there just, like, at 9 or whatever, just after the sunset, because... It so looks beautiful. so surreal there, and they don't put on any lights in the botanical gardens. Oh, yes. So it's completely safe, but it's so dark. It's, it's scary unbelievable. Too. Yeah, I would go back to Christchurch like for three months, because you can do three months without a visa. November, December, and January, and just chill. Well, it's okay. a good place to go chill and have a nice summer. I'm always confused when you guys say without visa. You mean visa on arrival. Right, you just do yes. this. The, the, oh, yeah, the you, thing okay, you... because with New Zealand, you have to get an ETA, which is a special sort of pre-visa. Right. So you get a visa on arrival, but they want your information. And if you don't get the pre-visa, then you're going to be freaking out once, uh, once yeah, get you, it, you know, get, get beforehand. Yeah. Once beforehand. you check in, because it'll be like, oh, the immigration people say that they're blocking you. And also, every time we say without visa, we mean visa on arrival. They always have to give you a visa. We have so many more comments. Don't forget to read the comments from last week's podcast because they're awesome. I can't, we don't have time to read all of them, but, but I responded to them and they're, they're really good. This week's question is, what is your most memorable indigenous experience at a destination? So, if you've, so whether you've done a luau in Hawaii or a tour of Kailicha in Cape Town, South Africa, we want to hear about it from you. Please leave a comment. We will read your comments. 
in the next podcast. Well, it's been real, guys, but and I'm afraid that our time's run out. It has, yes. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Elliot Confidential podcast. We will see you next week. We've got a lot of stuff going on next week. And I think that this time next week, we might be, um, we might be on a plane, actually. So uh, Yeah, well, we will not announce our next destination until then. But we are not going to be, this is our last week here. So we're going to be somewhere else. Actually, next week we will be here. Yeah, we will. Anyway, well, we'll see you next week. If we do anything interesting, we'll make sure to notify you. Yes, uh, we'll uh, <laughs> yeah. interact in the comments and tell us interesting stuff. Watch, um, watch the social media. Watch your Facebook page. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You guys nice maybe, being with you today. You guys may be seeing some uh, changes to the podcast in the future. I'm taking a podcast course, you know. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, uh, you're taking a podcasting class at the University of Florida. I'm basically uh, an expert already, so. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I'm... I think it's funny because, you know, you're, you're basically submitting uh, the podcast that I edit and that Dad spearheads as your own. And you're stop. just like a Literally guest. Literally stop. Literally stop. You're embarrassing wow, you me. Know, oh this my is God. great. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm you're ratting welcome. you out. Now, wait, wait, you're first welcome. of all, first of all, in my defense, I edited the first couple of podcasts. No, I, you did. Yes, I did. I don't I remember. did, I did, I did. And I also, I have no recollection. Editing YouTube videos is harder than, than editing podcasts. Oh, okay. And also, if I wanted to, I could make thumbnails for these podcasts if I wanted to. I just don't. I, just I, just I made a really good thumbnail for uh, the first yeah, uh, that's video yeah. that didn't end up getting published. But yeah, I it that, didn't get in there getting published oh, the, for a reason. The next one is because it was so published. bad. The next one's getting published. The next one's okay, going good. Up. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Whatever lets you sleep at night, guys. <laughs> We're out of here, guys. Nice, <laughs> yeah. nice talking to you. Goodbye, Thank you for guys. joining us. Bye. Bye, guys. Peace. Bye-bye.